Uh, you know, even as we were singing this morning, worshiping this morning, we keep, you know, talking about uh, in several different, um, you know, several of the songs even, which I never know the set list till I show up at church because I don't ask because I just show up and worship like you do. And uh, so, but, uh, you know, several of the songs, we're talking about the river of God and, you know, and, and things like that. And so this morning... What I want to share with you in the title, because it's the best one I could come up with on short notice, is uh, Drink Deeply. And, um, you know, and I believe that there's an element of some things that uh, if we're not careful, we can just uh, really miss out on many of the benefits and the blessings that God has for us just in our day-to-day walk, relationship, connection with Him. You know, and many times we uh, will use a phrase, something like, oh, I just need a touch from heaven. How many of you have ever made some statement like that? Oh, I just need to get connected to God. I need. Well, let me ask you the question. Is God not already on the inside of us? Is the fullness of God's spirit not already there? So we're not really looking for a touch as much as we need to dig down. Dig down into what? The Bible talks about wells of salvation. I'll show you this here in a little while. But, you know, there's and it's not. And look, and church services have an important place. I believe in the church. I mean, I'm giving my life. The rest of my life I will give to the church. Um, you know, I know that for certain. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I believe in the corporate, but I also believe that many times that we can struggle in between the corporate. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Important to have friends and it's important to have relationships. It's important to have people who can speak and encourage in your life. But there comes a point, and I believe that it's the point of maturity... To where I can connect with God. And it doesn't mean that just because I may get to a place of maturity that I never need people. We're always going to need people. We're always going to need one another. Why? Because we're created that way. We were created for relationship with God. And we are created for relationship with others. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. So one man can sharpen or strengthen a friend. I believe in all of that. But I also know that there are some things that a friend can never help. Like, let me give you an example. There's a loneliness that having somebody with you just never will quite feel. Why? Because it's not a natural emotional loneliness. There's, there's a loneliness of, 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 of spirit that can happen. And you're like, well, what the heck does that mean? It means separation from God. See, many times we look at sin as what separates us from God. You know, I can be with my family. I can be in our house. I can eat dinner with them. I can be around them and yet not engage them at all. So just proximity doesn't mean that there's vitality there. And and, and, and many times what happens is that we look to stuff, to people, to things, to what? To fill this void in our life. There's this this hunger, there's this desire, this thirsting on the inside. And it's like we're looking to all these other things that yet never seems to get fulfilled. And we keep looking at all these other things and looking at all these other places when in truth, the very thing that we need, if you're a child of God, is already living on the inside of you. And many times we just need to stop and maybe take a few moments. It doesn't take forever, but it does take intentionality to do this. And so, you know, and so I want to share some things with you this morning along this line, but... um, 
I've read this verse many times, and so I'm, gonna, I'm not going to really teach along it, but I do want to read it. Um, and it comes out of Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, because I believe what happens is that many times uh, what Jesus is speaking here, I believe, is twofold. Uh, number one, I believe it's speaking to people who are not believers, who have never had a connection with God, who have never experienced the life of God. But I also believe that it's for those of us who walk with the Lord, but then start doing it in our own strength, start doing it in our own ability. And that's very wearisome. It's very burdensome. It's heavy. Why? Because I'm trying to live right in my own strength. You know, and it's just not possible. The only way to live uh, for God in the power of the Spirit is what? By the Spirit, right? I mean, the Bible says that it's not by might nor by strength, but what? It's by the Spirit of God. You know, even when when you got saved, what happened? And if you can take yourself back to that moment, it's like this breath of fresh air. All of a sudden, the heaviness of what has been your shortcomings is now relieved, right? How many of you remember that moment when you're like, okay, I remember the moment that God became real to me. I don't care if you were raised in church, not raised in church, doesn't matter. If you haven't had that moment where God came real to you, I would beg you to fight for that moment. That, that the God of the Bible is the, like not just a, some the stories that we read about, but a personal experience with God. Like a salvation kind of moment. Why? Because here would be my fear. If you haven't, I would almost question if you have. If you can't point back to a moment where you say, I know in this moment I got saved. See, we live in the Bible Belt. Everybody's saved. So they think. But that's the problem. There's going to be a lot of people that will stand before God and say, Man, God, I I thought, I thought, I thought what you thought. But there has to be this heart connection. It's not about just the outward uh, motions of things. It's about the heart. And so here in Matthew chapter 11 verse 28, Jesus speaks and he says, Come to me all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. It says, let me teach you, which that's an important part because this is something you have to learn. It's not something you're just going to come by. You're going to have to learn how to do this. It says, let me teach you because I am humble and I'm gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. It says, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden that I give is light. And let me read this to you out of the message translation as well. He says, are you tired, worn out, you're burnt out on religion? He says, come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. Another way to say it is you'll find your life. You'll find the real substance, the meaning, the purpose of your life. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He says, keep company with me and learn to live freely and lightly. Now, this is a call from Jesus to mankind, really. He says, look, if this whole thing to you is just religion, you're missing out on the whole point. If it's just a list of do's and don'ts, and I just want to please a few people, and I just want to, you know, <clears throat> uh, you, you know I, I just don't want to get in trouble with God, you're missing the whole point. Because there's only one place that you'll ever find a true rest for your soul. And that is... In our connection with God, that, that, that vital connection. And you know, John 15 talks about this quite a bit. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches, but apart from me, there's no life. 
And he says that there's this vital connection that has to be maintained. Right? I mean, you know, I didn't cut my grass one time 50 years ago and and it's still cut. I have to maintain that thing or what? It's going to look like a pasture. It's going to look like a field. I'm going to have all kinds of rodents running around. Why? Because I didn't maintain it. You didn't just clean your house the day you moved into it. Hopefully. You've probably had to clean it here and there along the way. Well, the same is true in our connection with God is that we have to maintain that connection and we have to uh, really uh, make sure that we are, what, experiencing the life that flows from Him. And, and so, you know, we see this many times in Scripture, but I, I, the thing that's been in my heart is, are we doing this? Like, are we actually applying ourselves to this and really, in a sense, I would say it this way, almost putting a demand upon the Spirit of God in my life. Like, God, if you don't show up for me and in my heart... I'm in trouble. Like that there's this real dependence upon God every day to say, God, I need you today. I mean, that's a pretty good prayer to pray every morning just to remind ourselves. God, I need you today. Not do I just need you, but I want you. I want to experience your grace, your goodness, your power, your wisdom today. So Holy Spirit, before I do anything else, I just acknowledge I I need you to help me today. Because left to myself, I'm going to screw today up. I know that. There's going to be some area that I'm not going to step to the place that I need to be. But with you, I can do anything that you've called me to do. With you, I have an answer for every problem that will arise. With you, I have all the peace that I need, regardless of my circumstances of today. With you, I have a joy in my heart, regardless of what anybody may say about me or to me. Because you're with me. Because you're in me. And so I place a demand upon the Spirit on the inside of me. That would energize my mind, my thoughts, my attitudes, my emotions today. See, that's real life, everyday Christianity. Why? Because it influences every part of our life. Psalms 91 verse 1 and 2 says this. It says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. It's It's a very similar thought. Those who live, who abide, who stay, who remain. I mean, you can apply lots of words there. But who, who, who make sure that what? They're under the shelter of the Most High. They will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Thought. See, but, but there's, this, there's this purposeful thought that I'm going to stay where God is. You know, Moses, uh, God told Moses about the children of Israel going into the promised land. God told Moses, he said that you can go ahead and go, but I won't go with you. And Moses' response to that was, God, if you don't go, I don't go. And if we're honest, I think all of us have moments where we're just saying, okay, God, you can hang out here. I'll see you next Sunday. See you when I see you. And, And God's saying, I'm not going there. And it's like, well, that's okay. And Moses says, look, I'm not moving without you. If you don't go, I'm not going. I don't want the promised land without the promiser. That's really what he was saying. I want you there with me. And and so we have to make those same kind of decisions as well. Is how important is our connection with God? How, how, How important is that? How vital is that to us? Because it's easy to just kind of slip into routine and then just start going through the motions of day-to-day life. Forgetting that He is the one who sustains our life. 
Like I can breathe without God, but I have no life without God. Blinking your eyes and breathing through your nose and having words come out of your mouth does not constitute a life. Nor does it constitute real life. That just is is existence. Jesus did not die so that we could exist for just a future hope. He died so that we could experience what eternal life would be like even now. and, And that's important. But it does, but where we relate to and, and what we focus to matters. He says, if you live, if you abide, if you stay under the shadow, you're going to find some rest for your soul. Amen. I don't care how much you enjoy football. It'll never provide you rest for your soul. And if you're like me, you get stressed out watching your teams. There's no rest there. There's restlessness there. Like, just throw the ball. Just make the play. Like, this is not hard. I'm drained after a football game. I'm not restful and blissful and like, oh, praise the Lord. I'm like, after a football game, I got to go talk to Jesus for a few minutes. Because I have lost my peace. Like, so there are moments, you know, and I don't care what it is. Look, I love to go fishing. I love being outside. I love no noise. I love to turn off the phone. I don't care who needs me. They're going to have to come to the middle of a body of water to find me. And if you call me from the shore, I'm probably not coming. So, and that's very, you know, it's me and just, that's kind of one of my happy places. But even that, even in that moment, many times I've been there wrestling with things in my heart. Because I got quiet, now I'm dealing with those questions that I've been avoiding for a while. And those things that I've been just kind of pushing off to the side, hoping that I just wouldn't have to face. And then all of a sudden, what? I begin to process through it. But when I look to the Lord and start asking Him about it, now there comes peace. The tranquil environment didn't bring the peace. It's the Spirit of God that brought the peace, that brought the understanding. And so it's important that we understand this, is that it does matter where we look to. It goes on here in verse 2. It says, I will declare this about the Lord. So it's not just enough to say or to just be in the right place. At some point, you're going to have to open your mouth. And he says, I declare this about the Lord. He alone is my refuge and my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in Him. So we have an understanding, even from what Jesus talked about to what we see here in Psalms 91, Jesus is telling us, look, if you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're at your end of your rope, you ever been there? Nobody ever. You're just like, look, I don't know what it is. I'm just done, okay? I used to make the joke that I have a done list, which is people that I'm done with. Like, I'm over it. Like, just don't, you're on my done list. Like, it was kind of a joke, but kind of half serious. And, uh, you know, and we all have moments. Sometimes our spouses make it on that list. Like, I'm done with you for today. See you in the morning. Our kids can be there. Our boss, like, praise the Lord, it's a three-day weekend because <laughs> done for three days, you know. I mean, this is real life, but just because, let me say it this way, just because you put somebody on the done list or you're finished with this or you're over that or whatever the case may be, what are you going to do to change yourself in that moment? Because let me just help you. <clears throat> this is something that I've just become <clears throat> completely comfortable with. 
I am completely unable to change myself. 100%. I can't calm myself down. I can't make myself happy. I, I can't. There's a lot of I can'ts. But that's one thing that I am absolutely 1,000% confident on. I cannot change myself. But what I have learned is that when I put myself in a place to connect with God, He can change anything in me. Desires, longings, dreams, whatever they may be. Sometimes I pray more to God about dealing with a storm in my life than giving me peace in the middle of the storm. Like, God, if you'll, just, if you'll just fix the storm, if you'll just take care of the problem, then I'll have peace. And yet, God is saying, hey, there's peace in the midst of, this, of that yeah. moment, too. Amen. And that's what I'm needing you to tap into. Yeah. I mean, we know the whole account of where Peter walked on water. Well, everybody else was freaked out. There's multiple accounts of Jesus in the middle of the storm. One time he's sleeping in the back of the boat. And they're like, don't you care that we're going to die? If you die, he dies too. Like just a thought. Jesus is back there sleeping. They're bailing water out of the boat. There's another time the disciples are there in the boat. The Bible says that they came up against a, 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 a tempest is the way one trans. It's a hurricane. Jesus just comes walking through. Hey guys, what are y'all doing? And they're like, now, I mean, think about this. Do you think Jesus was stressed out about the waves? Do you think he was worried about the wind? Why? Because he had a connection with God that they did not have. I mean, you think about this. Even you think about that passage of Scripture. Jesus said, you guys go across the lake and I will meet you there. They're afraid they're going to drown. But what did Jesus say? I will see you on the other side. That was the declaration from God. Who in the form of Christ told them that. And many times we can look into scripture. And we see a promise. And then we forget about the promise in the middle of our moment. We get caught in that moment. And we're going. God don't you see me? Don't you know what's happening? And he says, absolutely, and I'm right there with you. But there's peace available right now. That I want to settle that what's happening in your heart, but, but you've got to come to me. It's not going to happen in any other place. There's no other source of peace, of life, of joy outside of him. It's, just, it's not there. You say, well, how do you find these things? How do you get to that place? I'm going to share some with you this morning about this. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus is speaking and makes the statement. He says, the spirit alone gives eternal life. He says, human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words that I have spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. You ever tried to like emotionally heal yourself? You can't. Like, oh, time heals all wounds. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's not true. I mean, you can hurt your body and it will heal. But you still have a scar. If you're like me. Because I can't stop picking at stuff because it bugs me. 
So I end up with these scars. Well, the same is true even in our soul. We've got to come to God and allow Him to heal, allow Him to restore. Now, the good news about God is when He heals, it's like it's never happened. It doesn't mean the memory's not there. It doesn't mean that, that, there, you know, that there's not wisdom that was gained. But what it means is that I'm no longer hurting because of it. Is that God wants me to move forward. But what? I have to be willing to bring Him that pain. I have to be willing to allow Him to come in and heal. And that might mean forgiveness, which none of us like to do. I've never met a person yet that just says, my spiritual gift is forgiveness. Let me say this, is that forgiveness is a decision of the mind more than a decision of the heart. It is a decision of the heart. Absolutely. But your mind better be right concerning that. Why? Because your heart can say, oh, I forgive them. And your mind's going to be like, "Uh uh-uh. No, it ain't. Uh -uh. No, sir. I'm not going to let you forget. What they said. I'm not going to let you forget what they did. And so at least at minimal, they're equal. Jesus makes a statement. All of our human effort accomplishes nothing. But the words that I speak, they're not just words. And they're not just spirit. But they are life. They are life to us. You know, the Bible says that uh, when we get saved, that that our spirit man comes alive unto God. It's the most godlike part of you. You're a three-part being. You are a spirit. You are not a human body. You have a body. But you are a spirit. The Bible says that that, that spirit has been recreated in Christ. A new creation. All that old stuff has gone away with. Behold, something brand new exists. That's our spirit, man. That's, you can call it whatever you want. Some people will say, well, it's your heart or it's this or it's that. It, it's your spirit, man. It's the eternal part of you. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions, your thoughts, all those things. But then you have a physical body. But the real part of you is your spirit, man. And many times what happens is that we try to fix spiritual things from the natural point of view. We try to fix a spiritual longing in our heart from just a soulish realm. Well, I'm going to think through this. I'm going to process through this. Now, I don't know how to explain this, so I'm going to try to put this in the best explanation that I can. But there are many times that I, because I'm a question person. My mom said growing up, my favorite question was, why? Because I just wanted to know. I was curious. I analyze and I sort through just thoughts constantly. I'm always processing stuff. My mind rarely shuts off. And there have been times that I've had questions and tried to wrestle with things just with the Lord. Just, God, can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? And, you know, one of the things that I have found is that many times I'd never get an answer, but he shows up and it answers my question. You're like, well, what does that mean? It means I don't get a definitive answer, but what I know is that I trust Him. I get into His presence. I get into a moment where it's like, okay, God, I'm wrestling with this, and what about this, and what about that, and all those stressing things that happen. And when God shows up, if I can connect with Him, a peace comes, and all of a sudden my questions aren't as important. What I thought was so like huge and important in that moment, in the presence of God, it's like, oh, let's put all that back in perspective. God, you've got me. 
I, I, I don't have to have all the answers. And for me, that's a big deal. You may not be that way. You're like, well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for me. I mean, there's times I can't sleep because my mind is rolling. Not in a worry thing. I mean, just in thinking, 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 thinking. I go to sleep thinking, I wake up thinking. You're like, that's torturous. That's why peace is a big deal to me. But I've learned that, man, if, if I don't have that connection with the Lord, that it's not possible. It's just not possible. Here's a passage of Scripture over in John chapter 4. I'll start reading here in verse 6. This is the account of the woman at the well. We're not going to read the whole account, uh, but we're going to read a few verses here. Because I want to uh, point out something that Jesus makes the statement. So Jesus and, and the disciples are, have been on a journey. It says in verse 6, Jacob's well was there. And uh, Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well <clears throat> about noontime. It says, soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And, she said, <clears throat> and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. I'm going to take one right now. Verse 8 says, he was alone at the time because his disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. It says, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? This was absolutely against their culture. 100%, 1,000%. You just didn't do this. You didn't, much less a man talk to a woman. That was even culturally taboo. Much less a Jew to talk to a Samaritan. I mean, like, men didn't talk to Samaritan men. Like, they would avoid them. You know, like that person you see in Walmart and you avoid, you're like, oh, I'm not going to that aisle. Yeah, they would drive miles, or I say drive, they would ride miles around Samaria so they wouldn't have to go through the city. The shortcut was to stay straight. Nope, I'm going to detour. Just so they wouldn't, because they, they looked at them as a half-breed. That's the truth. And so they, they weren't pure Jewish people. That was the difference. <clears throat> and so she says, why are you even talking to me? And Jesus responds in verse 10, and he says, If you only knew the gift that God has for you. So Samaritans didn't even have this kind of understanding. They didn't even think God was really that interested in them. <clears throat> says, If you only knew the, the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. Now Jesus clarifies here and says that I would give you living water. Jesus asked her for a drink of water, and yet he says, look, God has a gift for you. And if you understand that I'm actually the one who could give it to you, that I have living water. She goes on and she says in verse 11, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket. And this well is very deep. says, where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus responds and says in verse 13, Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Now, we all know that to be true. I just took a sip of water. I can take another one right now. Why? Because I'm already thirsty again, right? And Jesus says, But those who drink the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. Now, this is the part I want you to catch. This last part, he says, It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them Eternal life. See, salvation is more than just a moment. It was more than one time I prayed that, that God would, would save me of my sin, would, would you know, give me a place forever with Him in 
that, okay, I'm good with God. It's more than that. Jesus said that if we could tap into the river that he has, that it would become what? A bubbling spring, a fresh spring within us. From within, out of our spirit, man, would take care of everything else that we have going on in life. And he says, and ultimately, it would allow you to experience what eternal life would feel like and taste like. This is what Jesus is saying in this moment. The Amplified Bible of verse 14 says this. Whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again, but the water that I give him will become a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up and continually flowing and bubbling up within him to eternal life. This is God's design for us as believers. God's design is that we would never spiritually thirst. And yet, what happens if you don't take a drink? You're going to get thirsty. See, there's a few words here that are important. Continually, often, repeatedly. There's this, you got to come back. You have to stay connected. It's not just a, a once in a while kind of thing. It's God, I need you today. I need you in this moment. I need to receive fresh from you. That's why the Lord's Prayer says what? Give us this day, today. Not tomorrow. Not I need something for today. I mean, that's why it's part of the Lord's Prayer. It's that dependence, that acknowledgement that, God, I need you right now. But God's desire is that we could actually connect with Him in a very deep, personal way. That when I need Him the most, that He's not distanced, but He's there. Well, how do I keep him from becoming distant? I need to stay in fellowship. Look, God never moves, but we can. We can. I mean, that's why Psalms 91 says what it says. Those who abide, who stay under the shadow. Well, if you can stay, you can leave. You can choose to get outside of God's will for your life. We all can. I can, you can, anybody can. Yeah, but I'm saved. But you can still get out of the will of God. Anybody can. What's our primary... Uh, calling in life, if you want to say that. It's to know God. You can't tell somebody about a God that you don't know. I mean, you can tell them about it, about Him, but you don't. But there's something different when it's like, no, I've experienced this. I've experienced the presence of God, the power of God when I needed it the most, when I was in my... Lowest point, when I was at my best point, God was there with me. He is the constant of my life. Let me give you a couple more verses along the same line. John 7, verse 37 says, I'm going to just read the second part. Jesus stands up and says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the Scriptures declare that rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit that who would be given to everyone who believed in him. See, Jesus is, again, what? Where does this river flow out of? It comes up out of our spirit, man. Here, it says that, what, that living water would flow from his heart or from within. Yeah. Like, well, so you're telling me that the life of God, the river of God, the, the, this living water is already on the inside of me. If you're a Christian, yes. If you're a follower of Christ, yes. 
But what good is water if you don't drink it? What good is it? It's not much good. Man, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm dehydrated. I think I'm going to die because I don't drink. Because I, I can't. It's like there's a cup right next to you. And yet many times I believe that even in our walk with God is that we can become spiritually dehydrated. And we wonder what the problem is. Because we keep looking for something else. We keep looking to somebody else. We keep looking for that next moment with God. And God's like, I'm already with you. I'm right there. But you've got to draw it up from what? That, from your spirit, man. And so sometimes that's perspective. Sometimes it's, it's adjusting the way that we see things. So that we keep our eyes focused on where they need to be. And not just in this natural world. Why? Because we're not natural people. We are spiritual people. And spiritual people live differently. We do. That's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the design. If we're, I mean, I'll say it this way. If we're going to win as Christians, it's because we're going to do the spiritual things first. Amen. We're going to take care of the spirit things first, which is what? My connection with God. Yeah. Well, how do I stay connected to God? Go back to, go read John 15. I would encourage you to. Yeah. John chapter 15, Jesus says, look, if you will remain in me and I will remain in you. And it's like, well, how do you, my words. In other words, I'm going to get into the word of God and I'm going to begin to read God's word and feed on it. Now, that's in a spiritual sense. But, you know, for the last number of years, we've been doing 21 days of fasting. And that's a discipline of what? Learning to do without some stuff and focusing and really making sure that my connection is what it needs to be with the Lord to make sure that it's not getting crowded out by other things. It's amazing how easily those things can happen. And so it's just like hitting the reset button. That's why we do it. And yet Jesus here is telling us that, look, you don't have to go, let me say it this way, you don't have to go looking for a move of God somewhere. You can have a move of God right where you're at. You you can. It's already there on the inside of you. So one way you can do that is through Scripture. Well, let me read you one more verse. I told you I'd give you this one. Let me give you this one. It's in Isaiah 12, verses 2 and 3. It says, God has come to save me, and I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He is my victory. I love this in verse 3. It says, with joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. With joy. It's not hard work to do this. We think it is. And yet, here it says, with joy, you will drink deeply. Now, I was having to work outside yesterday, doing some things around the house. And I'm out there sweating, and it's all hot, and the sun's out, and I'm cursing summertime, and, you know, just all speak against you heat wave, you know. And uh, I got my prayer, see? There you go. I got a little bit of a break today. But it says, with joy. With joy. In other words, with delight. Like, it's not like, oh, man, I got to go do this, or, oh, gosh, I got to go do that. No. When you tap into the well of salvation, it brings joy. Not because of maybe, you know, like for me, I'll just, for me, look, God speaks, God works with everybody in different ways. For me, I like to be by myself. I like to spend some time worshiping. I like to spend some time praying. Typically, mostly, I would say in the spirit. And I'm going to spend some time just creating 
an atmosphere in my heart. Not in the room, creating an atmosphere in my heart. For what? For that life to begin to bubble up. And I begin to pray and I begin to worship. And as I do that, I begin to become more aware of the presence of God. I mean, I think so many times that we have this idea that the presence of God comes and goes. Like, oh man, when we get in church, man, it just seems like the presence of God just falls. He's already here. The Bible says that the glory of the Lord covers the earth. There's not a spot on the planet that God is not right now. But our awareness of his presence isn't always there. So it doesn't matter if you're in your car, at your house. It doesn't matter if you're out for a walk. God's right there. So it's just being intentional about taking those moments. And here it says, with joy you'll drink from the fountain of salvation. I love that term, the fountain of salvation. With joy. I get to go, why? Because I know what the water tastes like. I know what it, what it feels like to, to have that connection with God. To where it's like, man, I, I'm stressed or whatever the situations may be. But that connection with God and it's that refreshing. It goes back to what Jesus told us in Matthew 11. Look, if you're tired, if you're frustrated, if you're agitated, if all, just come to me. Come to me. You don't have to go to anybody else. You don't have to look anywhere else. You just come to me. And you're like, well, how do I do that? I just told you. I'll give you an example. If you're in a moment of frustration, go read some of the Psalms. Amen. Go read Psalm 23. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of Psalms where David's like, Lord, did you forget me? All of my enemies, man, they seem to be doing great. But, you know, David never stays there. You know, it's okay to, to be frustrated going. Let me say it this way. How do I want to figure out how I want to word this? It's okay to, I'll even go this far. It's okay to be angry when I get in the presence of God. I just need to make sure I don't leave angry. That what? That I have a connection with God that says, I go in saying I'm going to kill somebody. And I come out saying, okay, God, I recognize you don't want me to kill them. That's good. That's good. That's good for them. But I need peace. And I thank you that I just stepped over into your presence. It might be for 30 seconds. It doesn't take long. It just takes a moment. It just takes a moment. I mean, I think that we've kind of hijacked spirituality into saying, well, spiritual people spend hours. There's times of that. I study for hours. That's fine. But somehow we think that, like, we've got to have that for God to be pleased. It's better to have that regular connection. With God, it may be a few minutes. That's okay. Like, I don't know what, what scriptures to read. I don't even know where to start. Here's some simple ones. Go read a Proverbs a day. There's 31 Proverbs. <clears throat> you're like, well, how's that going to help me? That's going to teach you how to live in this life. It's wisdom on day-to-day living. And it just is. You're like, well, what else? Go start in the book of John, chapter 1. I mean, that's a great place to go read through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, what do I do after that? Start reading through the New Testament. Go through the epistles. Start with Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and you start rolling through them. Why? Because that's who you are in Christ. That's going to tell you. That's what that, the word epistle, I mean, the Bible actually says that we're living epistles. What does that mean? A letter to the church. That's all that means. I know it sounds like real technical, but that's all it means. It's a letter to you. 
Like, yeah, but I thought people wrote that. They did, inspired by God. It's God writing to you. Hey, this is who you are. You're not that old man anymore. You're this new man. You have grace. You have favor. You have ability that you've not tapped into. So you begin to, to read Scripture. You begin to hide it in your heart. You begin to spend some time just worshiping God. You're like, well, I don't have any worship music. Good news. You don't need music. Worship is an attitude of your heart. Now, music helps me. I prefer it, but I don't have to have it. Why? Because it's an attitude of my heart. And I begin to pray. I begin to invite God in. You know, I've used this term, and I, I probably will always use it, but I, I like to think of it this way as I'm creating space for God in my life. My life gets crowded, and I need to create some space. So when I set time aside, if, even if it's just a few minutes on my lunch break, you know, I'll, I'll read on my phone. If it's just driving from here to there, capitalize on those moments. Wow, I'm just creating some space. Just creating some space. Why? Because I, I recognize my need for God, my dependence on God. And it says that with joy that I can draw up from the wells of salvation whatever I need. You're like, well, what is that? It's eternal life. Ultimately, it's eternal life. But I don't have to wait till I'm dead to experience it. It's not what the Bible says. It says that I can experience that right now. Why? Because just as we were singing earlier, there is a river. Go look over in Revelations 22. It says that there's a river of life that flows from the throne of God. It's an old song that I liked. It. Lady named Rita Springer used to sing it. It's one of my worship songs. But there's a river that starts from the throne of God. And what? It flows right to every one of us. Not just a river in heaven. And it's that life. And the Bible says that what? It comes and it fills those wells. One thing I can tell you with absolute certainty. I've never gone to the well and it be empty. Why? Because I'm not the one who filled the well. God is. And whatever I use, he will refill. But it's going to take some moments. To, to really make that connection. But what? I've got to be intentional about it. I do. I have to be mindful. And just say, okay, God, I, I want to experience this life that you talk about. This life that I see in Scripture. This, 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 this strength that I don't know anything about. It's going to happen because of what? Because you do exactly what Scripture says. First of all, acknowledge, man, God, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm tired. But I need Jesus, I need you to help me. You know, so many times... Especially in our culture right now, you hear this idea that, that, well, I need a mentor. I need somebody to show me the ropes. I need somebody to show me the way. One of the things that I have learned in my 20 plus years of living for God is that people are important. But my most important mentor is the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he knows exactly what I need. It's not just someone who's limited to human understanding, human knowledge. I need to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, can you help me? And sometimes I recognize it, that it's the Holy Spirit leading me. And sometimes I don't. But then it's like, man, I forgot about that problem I had. And I didn't even realize that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that's why he came. John 16. was to what? To lead us, to guide us, to teach us. That's his role. I mean, that's a mentor. Lead, guide, and teach. That's what it sounds like a mentor to me. You can call it your divine mentor. 
personally built for you, to help you, to what? To become everything that God wants you to be, to experience the life that Jesus came to die to give you. That's why he came. So this morning, you know, I just want to stir you up a little bit. Maybe you've moved, maybe at one time you were, had some of these disciplines, if you will, more kind of set in your life. And you're like, ah, I just kind of got away from those. You need to go back. Like, I don't know. I'm just on edge right now. I just don't know what's going on. Hey, you just need to go back to the well. You've stopped going to the well for a drink. And you just need to go back. It's not been boarded up. It's not closed up. God didn't fill it in. It's still there. Just go back to it. Say, Father, I thank you. That you would fill me with the fullness of all that you are. Everything that I need right now. All the things that are weighing me down. Whatever the case. Father, I thank you that you said if I would abide in the shadow of the Almighty. That what I, I don't have anything to fear. I have nothing to be afraid of. Why? Because you're right there with me. Go read all of Psalms 91. It's a great scripture to, to learn. Go read it in the Amplified Bible. It's even better. It's longer, but it's better. It's Amplified that way.